Danny, I'd like to talk some business with you. Uh, how would you fancy eight specially chosen craft beers a month, courtesy of the B-52s? Eight beers from the B-52s? It's a good offer. Eight beers, two snacks, one magazine, you'd be in and out. What are you talking about? B-52s, the uh, world's largest beer club. You mean Beer 52? What did I say? B-52s. Oh, hang on a minute, I've heard of them. Who's that? A band, they did Love Shack, you know, Rock Lobster, a bit of a new wave vibe. Right. Okay, well, Beer 52, it's very exciting. For a monthly subscription, you get a specially chosen case of beer, each with a different theme each month. You know, we've got Belgium, California, New Zealand, all sorts of themes. And I know you love great offers, so with this exclusive link, wwwbeer 52 forward slash blog, you get your first case of eight craft beers for free. And all you have to do is pay the $5.95 for postage. Now, and I also checked with them straight away, and I said, will you be able to pause or cancel the subscription even after getting the first case? And they said yes, so it's win-win for us. You didn't ask them that. Well, yeah, obviously, because I was worried that if you're a cheapskate Wernham blog listener, you might sign up for the exclusive link, and you know you might not want to keep paying the subscription after that. But the guys at Beer 52 already know what our listenership is like, so... Oh, they know what our listenership's like because they're in the business and they actually know how to deliver great customer service and great offers to keep their subscribers happy. I wonder if they'll give us a cut of the sign-ups. Don't ask them if we can get paid for every sign-up. Right, call them and say, yes, I'm interested in great monthly beer subscription with my first case of eight beers free if I sign up through www.beer52.com. That's beer52, not b 52 slash word and blog. Yeah, well, I'll call them later. No, call them now. No, that's fine. I'll call them outside. I'll call, call, me, them. call me in here. No, I, don't, I just don't want to call them in front of you. It's fine. You're not going to ask me if we can get a cut of every oh, one block sign. I might as well do it here then. Are you having a lot? isn't doing as well anymore. I think we're going to need to get a bit of extra promotion to help get it up the charts. Do you know, I once met a bloke who said he'd love to take me up the charts. <laughs> what did you say? I said, all right, as long as you're paying. <laughs> what did he say? Well, he was a bit shocked, to be honest. I'm not surprised. Not as shocked as when I told him I'd only let him do it if my mum could listen. Oh, I finished. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Series 2, Episode 3 of the Wernham Blog Extras Podcast. My name's James and with me, he's unravelled and ready for action, it's Seth. Little magical kid with glasses. You know Jack's in his 30s. <laughs> <laughs> and blow as he might, his flute makes no sound. It's Jack. Can't say anything nowadays, can you? <laughs> <laughs> and you met a bloke once who said he'd love to take him up the Amazon. It's Danny. You know, I have done it with a girl. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, wise. <laughs> oh, man. All right, here we are, guys. We're up and running with Series 2, and we've established that Andy's audience isn't quite what he hoped it would be, but no. uh, in this episode, we go beyond the ratings and reviews and start to see a bit about how he reacts to the media storm. Mm. Yeah, it's all about the, this, this one's all about the media, isn't it? And it's, Absolutely. That's, a kind of, that's a big thing. That That's pretty much the main theme that Gervais and Merchant have been kind of like focused on. I mean, even in the office, it was about a TV show, wasn't it? Mm. And this is about like, you know, the dangers of courting the media. We know what happened from the last episode if you try and court the public and see what the public's opinion of you is. And this is what happens if you find out what, if you try and court the media and kind of fly too close to the sun yeah, yeah. in terms of the media. Quite literally. It's like the, the deal you have to do, right? If you want to be famous, yeah, exactly. so you have to, you know, you, you sort of, you need them and yet you, they can destroy your life. So yeah, it's a weird one. He sort of sold his soul, right? 
for a shot of fame. <laughs> and again, it's that theme of, you know, you can't get away with anything when you're famous because exactly. everyone will find out about it. Yeah, it's a exactly. theme we visited in episode two with a beggar and it's, you know, back in full Technicolor here. That's <laughs> true. But one, one thing I found interesting watching the whole episode or watching the episode recently was that it doesn't really say... What, except for that one instance of the guy calling into LBC, it doesn't really give you an, 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 uh, an idea of what the public think of this, mm. this scandal, this Down syndrome, uh, Andy Wilman scandal. It only tells you, like, it kind of just gives you idea of this, the kind of, the media is kind of self-perpetuating, like, a, a, what's, what's that snake that eats itself? Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, it's just feeding itself, and we don't really know if the public are getting upset about it, we don't mm. know if the public are getting outraged about it, we just know that it goes from the right stuff to, to LBC to, mm. to this morning. Do you know what I mean? And it, it's all just a kind of like a self-fulfilling, it's a self-fulfilling thing. It's just the media yeah. kind of like feeding itself. Mm. Mm. But I would assume that the, the, the public are buying papers about it. That's, the, that's why yeah. it's still alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but you can imagine the abuse you'd get on the street. Right? Oh. This, is, this is what I mean. Like, I, feel like, I, I feel like it's a comment on how kind of the public, like it's just the media getting itself into a, into a, mm. into a tizzy and it's not really kind of like the public don't really have a say in whether or not they think it's outrageous mm. or not. I think that's a very... I think that's a very deliberate choice by, especially Gervais. Like that's kind of that's kind of one thing he's mm. he's always going on about how it's kind of like the media gets itself kind of rolled up about something. And it always used to. And a the, lot the, more. the public don't necessarily care, like, but maybe the public can see through it. And we, we noticed earlier that in the early scene of um, when the whistle blows, they're holding up a paper and it said something about Pete Doherty and a drug scandal. And we yeah. realised that when this was shot, about two thousand and six, <coughs> was really the height of the kind of. Um, the kind of Max Clifford mm. set up, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, celebrity <clears throat> scandals. It was it was like Amy Winehouse, Stitcher. Stitcher. Yeah. it was massive. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. It was like the Wild West, man. Or yeah, people going out of their way to destroy careers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 and make before, up complete bullshit. Before like, the Leveson inquiry and everything, and yes. you know, they're kind of, they're one, they're next in a bit after that. Yeah. Well, they, they're still a bit bad. But, it's yeah. still quite bad now, but that was like it's Nadir. Yeah, I don't think they've got the scene. They've got, they've not got this kind of, domination that they had back in those days because of the internet right mm. you know the, the, the turnaround of stories is so fast now yeah. whereas there you had a guarantee that the story would be the talk of the town it'd for be a day. yeah it'd be alive for a, for a for a week or so it's like yeah. nowadays it's like you read something in the morning and then it's it's surpassed by something else by lunchtime yeah, yeah, it's lunchtime yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's lunchtime's yeah. old old kind of like yeah, yeah google search <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> but but in those days it was like you could run a story about amy winehouse for like a week and it would yeah. just sell papers and papers and papers and yeah but it's it, 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 there was fewer like um, media uh, outlets that did it in those days because obviously <coughs> there's so many papers whereas now there's so many like columnists and everything and, and anybody can just write any story for anything mm. and if it's outrageous enough it gets more clicks and therefore it gets more views and all the rest of it and, and it sort of climbs up so there's almost this race to the bottom now of people making comments about things just for the sake of clickbait yeah but it almost doesn't need to carry on for so long anymore because like it, it's it's so swift it's like scandal mm. in the morning the person either apologises or is acting yeah. yeah. or, or is acting whatever it is in the afternoon yeah. and then it's done like and was, it, got a new job was it last evening. year or the year before where like that guy Rufus Hound was on Strictly Come Dancing then oh, yeah. Strictly Come Dancing and there was like there's a scandal about did he say something against Boris Johnson or against the Tories or something and then like it, it came out Daily Mail ran an article about it and he was axed from Strictly Come Dancing that, that evening Literally. and then that was it it was like it, it happened in like a day it was like it was ludicrous what's yeah. even more scary now is that 
I suppose didn't happen so much back then, but people get put stuff pulled up from the past, old yeah. tweets. Yeah, 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 yeah. From years ago. Yeah. Which yeah. is scary. You do but blackface at a party in the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a bit of harmless blackface. Yeah. Yeah. I've got my. I think I'll save it for later when we're talking about the uh, oh, the, the smarmy sun the smarmy sun reporter. But I've actually oh, yeah. got my own story of my oh, own, yes, my own run in with the press. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite a good one actually because it, was, it probably was about two thousand and six, wasn't it? So go on, what happened? Then? All right, Seth, mate. Yeah. What no, 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 it's another story, Jack. This is oh, it's another one? Okay, yeah, right. no, we'll, we'll come to it later. We'll, oh, we'll, right, we'll right, 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 you know, stay, yeah. stay, stay, stay tuned. One of Seth's many run-ins had his words twisted by the media. Yeah, no, this one was, it didn't quite go out, but no, we'll save it. He's teasing us. He's teasing us. Ricky Gervais... He does have a bit of a kind of a thing about the media manipulating things, and he brings it up a lot in his in his um, what's it called his stand up. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the the office is very much based on that, and and so is extras, particularly this episode about how the media picks up on things and manipulates things and kind of spins things out of control. But he hasn't necessarily himself had that kind of like downfall or scandal, has he? Like, he's kind of been earlier. left alone a bit. Hasn't I, th- he? I think because he's he's so he's kind of impervious to it because he he's deliberately goes out of his way to, to, to sort of court um, controversial topics. Yeah, it's yeah, kind yeah. of like, if someone was to try and scandalise him, it's sort of like, yeah, well, that's what I talk about. Well, that's you know? the thing, and he obviously doesn't have anything that bad, or bad at all, really, in, in, mm. in his past. All he's got is the words he says on stage, and he kind of just, uh, yeah, exactly. he, he kind of stands by them, doesn't he? So there's not really much you can hit him with, no matter, no matter what you think of them. I'm just looking at best son headlines. Okay, go on. <laughs> the man who made love to pavements. Right. Yeah. Zip me up before you go, go. That was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> careless, careless spliffer. <laughs> well, the first ever uh, issue of the Sun wasn't Wacko it? Freddie Star ate my hamster. Jacket. Was that the first? It, was that the first ever headline on the Sun? Oh, just, like, <laughs> yeah, Freddie Star ate my hamster. That, 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 so, that's yeah. how they launched their their brand. It's just like a, some complete tosh, but it doesn't mean anything. Like if it's not news, is it? Yeah. Picture of Bin Laden after his death. Bin bagged. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely. <laughs> uh, Amy Decline House, that yeah. was one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just before she died, great. Yeah. Yeah. I saw George Michael fall out of 70 miles an hour car and bounce down the M1. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Went straight to the sun and sold it. Yeah. Uh, when Freddie Starr died, Freddie Starr joins his hamster. <laughs> Just bringing it full circle. We're just laughing at sun headlines now. As well. it's just, I mean, it, he did focus on the sun in this episode, so I'm wondering if it, the journalist he kind of satirises, the, 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 Dave, he's a sun journalist, isn't he? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's a freelance journalist. Oh, yeah, but yeah, that's yeah. the thing, he's, he's digging through the bins, literally yeah. digging through the bins and then selling stories to whoever will take it, yeah, which Absolutely. ends up being the sun in this instance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it is, yeah, and, and obviously we're, we're talking now, it's only like a month or so since the kind of a big Britney Spears kind of. Yeah thing where she kind of like for years she got kind of hammered and kind of tortured and kind of harassed by the press and the media and this... now and now everyone's done a complete 360 where it's like now she's the darling Free where everyone's Britney. trying to yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone's claiming a call out you know if the, the editor of the sun is like oh you know when we ran those stories i wasn't in charge that wasn't anything to do with me do you know what i mean it's just kind of like the yeah, Les Dennis so, episode was a little bit about that as well. Wasn't yeah, it? That yeah, was yeah. Sort of trying to, re- you know, get a bit of a I think that was that. more. That was more of a crit. Like that was more about um, 
kind of someone going out of way to deliberately court the media whereas this is like mm. just kind of like when you're famous enough they'll just come after you even if you don't want it like because mm. to be fair to him Milman although he does kind of get sucked into it, this is the problem he does his apology and that's when he kind of gets sucked into it mm. but before that he wasn't really going out of his way to kind of get the headlines or like be in the newspapers they just kind of like followed him but, but that's what it is like you know if you're famous enough one day you'll wake up and there'll be a freelance journalist mm. digging through your bins yeah, and chasing you down the street in a, in, the, in a really good way this, this episode does have the theme of the press from the newspapers and it opens on Gobbler. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah, that was he's interesting. Reading newspaper, yeah, 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 and yeah. he's reading the newspaper and it's got that sun headline on yeah. it. I can't remember what it is. I'll probably be in the quiz later. It's about um, <laughs> you know, the piranha in the Amazon eating the Oh, yeah. It's one of the best bits of when the whistle blows. <laughs> the intro to this. I've I, got I, I say. forgot about that. Oh, yeah. I watched it a couple of days ago. I forgot how funny that in that. Yeah, with him that. spitting the tea out. Yeah, yeah well, this episode amazing. starts with the intro to When the Whistle Yes, that's the first time they all do in series two, pretty much. No, 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 no. this is the first time we see it. I think episode three is the, yeah. this is the first episode where we've seen the, the opening credits. What, the, the full yeah, the, the, the animated song. Heard the song and definitely seen yeah. the full animated theme song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But well, obviously, we saw, um, you know, Mr. Yeah, 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 yeah. We saw a clip so, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it opens with, like, as if we were watching When the Whistle Blows, though, yeah. doesn't it, this episode? It, well, it opens as if you're watching the, the, the series go out, and then it cuts to Andy sitting in. We, we had a little bit of a debate earlier where, where he was supposed to be sitting, because it looked like he was sitting at home. Before that scene, though, you've got Darren Lamb just offset, and he's sort of taking a phone call, Luke's setting up the narrative for the rest mm, of yeah, the episode, yeah, yeah. Right, where he's being offered this film, and, and he says, And how much would, how much would you be paying him? You got more money than sense to me. No, I'm his agent, yeah. <laughs> I suppose it's a, it's a point, isn't it? Once you get the character who's on TV like that, they, they do become kind of in demand to just yeah, cop up in things. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Opportunities, the, yeah, exactly. The, the opportunities just come Yeah, any like Romesh Ranganathan and James Acaster are in that new Cinderella film for Amazon. It's like they're just kind of like relative... I mean, obviously in England they're big. I don't think they've got much of a... Uh, much of a um, what's it called a, a footprint in in America, mm. but like you know, if you're big in if you're relatively big in England, they'll yeah people will come around yeah. and you'll get offered something. Yeah, yeah. And I get the impression it's just like some like sort of throwaway like Christmas thing. Like yeah. this, this yeah. thing he's yeah, making, yeah. yeah, like it looks like absolute trash. Well, it's basically obviously. Harry yeah. Potter, but with the scouts instead of boys. Yeah, I was going to say. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. We did watch that extras thing where they were saying that they weren't they weren't really allowed to use. They weren't kind of allowed to really dimension Harry Potter too yeah. directly, mm-hmm. and they had to just set up a sort of, you know, a, a sort of magical film, yeah, like a parallel yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when Darren goes to approach Andy and sort of uh, see if he's up for this film, he gets Billy Piper mixed up with uh, <laughs> yeah. Harry Potter, and it's a wonderful little yeah. back and forth. And then a really good lift from the XFM shows with the TV, right? Mm. You seen that one or heard that one where? Um, I know with Stephen Merchant yeah, on the TV. Yeah. Why is the big TV? It doesn't <laughs> have enough money to tip the guys that carry it up the stairs, and then and I got it switched on. And the first programme that was on when I got it wired in was Bargain Hunt. I'll tell you this, David Dickinson's tan almost took my eyeballs out. <laughs> it was incredible. Oh, it was like, it was like x-rays. It's like word for word lift from the XFM shows, but it's, it's, we were talking earlier, it's kind of, you, you forgive them for these these things that come out of the XFM show because of how much of the XFM show there is. Do you know what I mean? Is it, you know, if you're going to do that many hours of recording, you're bound to have some good stuff in there. Well, that's the thing. And if two guys are writing a sitcom together, it's going to be based on the conversations they have. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They just happen to have their best conversations <laughs> live yeah. on air. Yeah, 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 exactly. exactly yeah. We were saying about that, you know, that Ricky Gervais said to it in the interview, didn't he, that most good comedy comes out of real life, right? Yeah. And yeah, why not use some of that stuff? Because that's what's so great about the XFM show 
shows there, that kind of free-form chat. Mm. Yeah. It gives you an insight into how they probably wrote these shows, just with a lot of free-form chats and piecing together different ideas. And yeah. I like that, personally. I think it I gives it. you a little window into their writing process. It's basically just, yeah. Well, exactly, yeah. Having a chat. <laughs> Having basically, a yeah. <laughs> Nowadays, 52 inches for a TV is nothing. Everyone's got bloody TVs that size now. Like three and a half grand. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Plasma, though. Plasma that, that, well expensive. That brief phase in the mid noughties where TVs were ridiculously expensive. Yeah. They, they, got, they were really cheap and they were expensive, now they're cheap again. Well, I always think it's funny in that film Elf where the Peter Dinklage, little midget, yeah. <laughs> 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 the, the scene where he comes in, he's supposed to be this high flying kind of like um, a writer guy, and like the way he kind of shows off his wealth is he says, I've got houses in LA, Paris, and Vale, oh. each one of them with a 70 inch plasma screen. <laughs> like, in 2003, when that was made, that was like the, uh, the ultimate example of wealth. So, like, yeah, I mean, I don't know how much they are, but now, but yeah, like a, what, a 48 inch screen now would be like what, 300 pounds, 500 pounds? Yeah, 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 yeah. You get a budget one for That's the thing, they're all, they're all yeah. different. Yeah. 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 I've been TV shopping recently. I've got it in the box now. I'm just watching a little portable. So this is Andy's in, right? He, he agrees to do the film, and you know, Darren basically gives him the um, advance warning that he said to the TV studio, sorry, the film studio, it will he get paid even if he's rubbish? <laughs> so he's just like hedging his bets, and yeah. And then he goes to try and sell him his TV, but yeah, Andy stops him. <laughs> but yeah, this was the time, like, because this was still in the middle of the Harry Potter series, and, yes, uh, and and all its kind of rip-offs, like uh, like Percy Jackson, all that kind of stuff. Where yeah, like mid-range TV British kind of comedians or TV people would just kind of pop up in everything mm, yeah. so many of them to go around that's yeah. obviously what this is it's, st it's still like that now though you get like the likes of oh, James Corden I hate to mention his name but the world got to see James Corden as a fat pussy he pops up in like the Christmas film and stuff. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, he's, he's, no, but James Corden's big. Like Andy Norman wishes he was James. Corden. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, the joke about James Corden that Ricky did at the Golden Globes. Fat pussy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we got to see James Corden as a fat pussy. Yeah, yeah. He was also in Cats. <laughs> <laughs> that was really funny, actually. That was brilliant. But, but Gavin and Stacey was that kind of. That was his original vehicle, right? And then yeah. from from that broad comedy, which was actually not too bad. Yeah, to no, Gavin and Stacey was good. I, I thought it, like that was he ended up appearing in all the kind of Christmas films and whatnot. And well, yeah, 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 yeah. And that's kind of, yeah, that's obviously his, yeah. uh, Andy Millman's, like, kind of, yeah. uh, what's the word, uh, path. Yeah. I just found out, I've looked through the extra script book we always have with us, and I found out what the film is called, or TV series, whatever it's supposed to be, The Griffin's Lair. <laughs> 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 is that what it was supposed to be called? That's what it's called, isn't it? The Griffin's Lair. <laughs> I wonder what um, what the plot to The Griffin's Lair would be. Well, it's so about, a, about a, a little scout. kid missing the scouts. Maybe he gets lost in the woods one day when they're on a hiking thing, and he. Yeah. Kind of goes yeah. through like a cave or something and bumps yeah. into a little midget. It's the midget, the Griffin. Yeah. No, Griffin's yeah. the Griffin is obviously cast a spell over the uh, over the kingdom to stop the music. You stop the music, yeah. yeah. Or like one example of it is stopping the music, yeah. And like and uh, a little um, Barry Trotter, whoever it is, <laughs> is walking around like using using his uh, scout skills to uh, turn it around. There you go, writes itself, doesn't it? it writes itself. It's as easy as that. <laughs> but I wonder what. What's uh, a goblin then? <laughs> I wonder which part Andy is supposed to be playing because we never get a sense of that, do we? No, especially not in this costume. He's wearing like criminal clothes, right? The, the oh yeah, yeah, suit. okay, yeah. So he's probably supposed to be like a um, some sort of con. Some sort of escaped. So they're on the set, right? This is the, when we get the introduction to Little Warwick. 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 Little War
relaunch Warwick Davis's career, isn't it? He probably blessed mm. the day that they asked him to be as a joke. Although he was in all the Harry Potter films up until that point, so he, he wasn't. Yeah, he's always um, been the go-to. Midget. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say that, but yeah. <laughs> Little, Little well, that is actually the plot of Life's Too Short, isn't it? He, yeah. he, he's not only, and I think he plays on that in Life's Too Short because he runs the agency, but just creams all the work for himself. So he basically, he basically has. Uh, <laughs> that is a, it's a funny idea. Just to, just to segue yeah, a little, bit, just to segue a little bit. What did we think of Life's Too Short? What, what, did you enjoy it? Yeah, yeah I really liked I'd it. I'd say it's definitely third out of Office extras yeah, and Life's Too think, Short. Hey, that's that's saying something. The extras in Office are amazing. I, I really liked it. But. It's got some funny bits in it, and Seth just explaining the plot of it made me laugh. I think they were hinged. If they just not had Merchant and Gervais in it, I think what they didn't they didn't trust the concept enough, and yeah. they thought we've got to put ourselves in it. And you can understand why they would, because you know Warwick Davis isn't exactly a wasn't exactly a star. And they might have thought kind of it's a bit too, you know, if you're selling it on Ricky Gervais and Steve Merchant have written this, you kind of think that people are going to expect them to be in it. Mm. But I think they definitely lent too heavily on on them two being in it. And I think they didn't need the celebrity cameo every week because it kind of then just became a spin-off of extras. See, which I in can... a way it kind of is, but... And I, then it, I really it, liked the fact that it was a spin-off they... though because if you didn't have Ricky and Steve, you wouldn't have had the, the mention of Barry. Yeah. Yeah, you don't need that, but this is excellent. the thing, you don't need that. Yeah, it, it, they could have just focused on, <laughs> on Warwick Davis opening this. Because like I said, like when Seth just said it, I laughed. That's it's a funny idea. Yeah, I think but, some of the best bits are the other actors. Though. Like, the stand-up yeah, yeah, bits yeah, yeah. are like... Um, you know the Johnny Depp bit when he goes to speak to Ricky and Steve, or the I mean Liam Neeson you know, is, yeah. is hilarious. <laughs> so, yeah, I, for me, it's 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 really funny. For me, it's just, it made me laugh as much as extras. But I feel like it, for, with each show, the kind of the heart of the show got watered down. Like The Office has a lot of heart and a lot of kind of depth yeah. to it. And then extras has a bit less, and then Life's Too Short has a bit less still, and it becomes more about physical comedy. And yeah, so, there's a lot of Warwick Davis trying to get something off a bookshelf. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> which, which is often very funny, but it's kind of uh, um, yeah. What's the right word for it? With each show, it seems successively kind of weaker. Down. Yeah, watered down, yeah, weaker yeah, yeah. in premise, and more just about. Oh, I really liked it, man. Especially the girl. What was the girl's name? It's funny. No, it's the, a bit. The, it was more kind of cheap laughs. His, his, his uh, assistant. Yeah, what is she called? I can't remember her name. But she's got this really. Oh, kind what of is she? The girl, face. She's the girl from Mrs. England. I don't know her name. Oh, okay, yeah. Mrs. England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah, very, yeah. very. She's got a really kind of funny face and and just got, this like, gorgeous no look. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. face is almost completely vertical like, yeah, from, yeah. The, from the nose to the neck. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she looks like olive oil or something. But I mean, going back to extras, when Darren meets Warwick, you see this. I mean, then they stand Steve and Warwick next to each other, yeah, yeah. and Warwick just yeah, covers his comedy, knees. Yeah. yeah, it's so perfect. It's yeah, so... you almost think watching it that it's kind of going to set up more of a Agent Warwick dynamic for the rest of the episode. Don't yeah, you know, yeah. Kind of that could have been a, a, a thing they were setting up. But yeah, no, it's 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 very funny. It is great because like. Andy's t- clearly terrified straight away that he knows this conversation's going to go badly, right? So he yeah. slips away, comes back really fast, thinks that the conversation's been quite chilled and okay, because oh, I was just talking about the internet. And he goes, oh, how about this? Imagine if I come to his house and I put my arm through the door. No, but <laughs> even when, when Andy first sees Warwick and his wife, even yeah. he does a double take. That's, so he's, really, he's not much better than the agent. It's he's, just he's better at hiding. He's more guarded thing. with it. Yeah. Whereas Darren yeah. Lamb's that guy who just says whatever, whatever's on his mind yeah. in the yeah. moment. He has no filter. He's completely un well, Like Maggie. Yeah, yeah, like Maggie. and that's another classic Merchant Gervais thing, isn't it? It's like everyone's got these kind of social awkwardness. It's just whether or not you're good at masking it, mm. like, and and Andy is, Brent isn't, and neither's neither's the agent, and neither's neither's uh, Maggie. I, I don't know though, because Maggie and the agent are completely unaware. Brent is like sort of very aware of the scenario and trying he's to... He's so aware, he's kind of... Hyper-aware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he Whereas trips over himself. He trips over himself. Andy wants to 
portray a certain image of himself. It, it's the awareness that catches them out. Cause, yeah. Because because you know if you it's like we talked about it before in the office with with Gareth because he's not really aware that he's awkward. He doesn't come off that badly. People forgive him. Like yeah, yeah, he gets yeah, she gets yeah. or she says some really horrible things like oh that's really nice of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. Like, <laughs> like honestly, sometimes Maggie would have to be literally just like retarded to yeah. like not know that that's not like the right thing to say. She does it in the opposite. Like when she talks to um, <laughs> is it Damon? Yeah. yeah, it's the same thing, isn't it? It's like, how would you not know that this is the wrong thing to say? Do you only like small people? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, she's almost a bit too stupid sometimes. Yeah, I think, but her facial expression is so good. We're jumping forward to that scene, but her facial expressions are just amazing. When she realises that she said the wrong thing, and it kind of like she's like a little toddler, isn't she? Like yeah. her face yeah. just crumbles. Do you reckon, Danny? Do you reckon that that they overdid it? Do you reckon she becomes a bit of a almost a pastiche of herself in the first series because they make it a so dumb yeah. at times. And it's almost it's almost like a set gag for every episode. At some point she'll say something stupid and get Andy into a lot of trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. Like that happens every single pretty much every single episode in series two. But then I imagine Gervais would probably say, well extras is broader and he is inspired. Yeah. he said he told us he was inspired yeah. by Laurel and Hardy and kind mm. of there's the straight man and there's the one that always, you know, kinda of like trips over, slides over the banana peel and knocks yeah. everything over and sends everything smashing down, <laughs> isn't it? So maybe that like that's obviously kind of what Maggie's supposed to be. Same as the agent. Obviously like in some episodes, like the, the thing with the pen, like you can sort of buy that. that that's that's probably the most ingenious one because that you can actually see how she'd be that stupid <laughs> as to not work it out. Yeah, Whereas yeah. this one it just seems it just seems too stupid. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and you do get the feeling like we've seen it before. It's very similar yeah. to. And yeah. also, she, she fucks him over completely because he didn't even say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. the thing that she accuses yeah, yeah. him of saying. <laughs> yeah, but we all knew he was thinking it. Right? <laughs> yeah, he was thinking it. But she's made this leap that Andy was just saying that if you didn't mind someone who's a little bit taller, then he's up for it. Yeah, <laughs> that's not what he said at all. I mean, I mean, let, let, let's be honest, though, he would be. Yeah, but oh, it's, yeah, yeah, but, yeah don't say it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I guess that she's saying it, thinking like you know, it'll just be a funny thing to say, and then yeah, it goes wrong. Yeah, exactly. It's the awareness, isn't it? She doesn't yeah, even yeah. think of it as being bad, and then she's like, "Here's a bit out of order." Isn't yeah. It? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's yeah. agreeing with saying he never said. Actually, no, he didn't say that. But in that in that scene where uh, where. But Maggie is kind of referencing where Andy does say to Maggie like, "Oh, you know, kind of it makes you sick, doesn't it?" But he's kind of like we show his we show his dwarves using their powers to live with it. He kind Paul of Daniels. Well, that's the thing. He then says Paul Daniels, so he is making a joke about like he's kind of like the character of Andy in 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 the moment is making a joke about how he's kind of tricking Maggie into mm. thinking he's going to say that, but mm. he's kind of not. It's almost like the um, that quiz he gives her on the bus, isn't it? Like he's kind of almost testing her to see if she's going to fall for it. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's only saying, he only ever comes out in the end because she's wound him up by saying how yeah, strong yeah, yeah, he yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Sort of <laughs> so yeah, she's kind of wound him up to it. Uh, but since we're on that scene, I mean, we can, we can jump back to it. I've been obviously not going chronological order right now, but that's the first, is that the first time we find out about the Ronnie Corbett woman? Yes, Danny. I think so. Danny's the fact oh, I couldn't remember who we go, Um He's mentioned in series one. Yeah, I was wondering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah with, um, you know, remember with Greg saying, and it's good night for me. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it, yeah, yeah. I, I had a feeling that it had been mentioned before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, this brings me neatly to a new feature that I like to sort of run for the next three episodes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, hang on, before you start, Danny's been pitching this all week. Okay. <laughs> and I know it's going to be you're, great. You're so gonna I said to it. him, you're gonna so I've said to him, don't tell us until we're live recording because. Okay. So, so I, our I reactions are genuine. I don't want him to waste it. So the feature is going to be Incel Andy Millman. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh my God. 
because I think can the we just quickly explain what an incel is just for, the, in for, the for the uninitiated an incel for the uninitiated is a person who's usually male if we're being honest but it, you know it, the label was invented by a woman and it can apply to women it but it's generally used by men <laughs> who struggles to obtain sexual relationships and feels they're doomed never to have one so incel is and will often blame society and come up with all various explanations of why they can't get one is there not a, a, a like a tone to it which is quite like aggressive aggressive yeah. yes. like, it has been it's been associated with you know people like um, Jake Davison like people who go around um, killing like, David like, so, like, oh Jake like Jake Davison yeah, yeah so, so mass murderers <laughs> but that's the fringe beneath it there's a lot of yeah there's a lot of like frustrated people mostly men that I feel like you're defending incels that are into this, <laughs> yeah. that are into this gonna, ideology we're going to leave that this is and I think this is quite important because I think Millman shows very strong tendencies of that and I think it comes across, I think it comes out very strongly over the next three episodes okay uh, most particularly in this one when he's having his little conversation with Maggie <laughs> about um, about the woman getting, using her powers well about what using his powers to get women out of his league. Makes me sick. What? These showbiz dwarves who use their powers to get women out of their league. Who what? No, Paul Daniels. <laughs> okay. I think he comes across as a total incel. So the feature is that you, you, you find a bit that reminds you of, of an incel. It makes right? me think, yeah, like, over and over again, Andy Millman comes across as a total incel. So, so if you were running this feature in previous episodes, what evidence would you put forward? You definitely could have found some. He's got um, a chip on his shoulder. Yeah, he's so. got a chip on his shoulder, yeah. Like, um, you know, when they're talking about the Ronnie Corbett woman. Right. Yeah. Um, the and, um, and when you know Maggie has a conversation with him, saying about, run, how, run. <laughs> saying about how she didn't want, you know, about how his mum didn't like him bringing girls home, you know, you can tell that he's had problems. Oh, uh, uh, what about in the next episode with the? Is it yes. the next episode with the with the, with the with the the guy from school that comes? Yeah, that's yeah, that's another, another, oh, yeah, that's another, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that yeah. whole scene's actually very. I'm incel. not sure that the incel thing, by the way, is popular like common parlance. People don't know what it is. It's, it's. I don't think it's. Google it. It's one of no, those internet. It's one of those internet. It's, it's one of those things, but, but it's, quite, like, it's quite well known now. I feel like you might have just been hoovered up by some sort of cult. <laughs> and I see. And, and you assume that everybody. No, no, no. I think it's. I told you you'd hate it. I think it's a really good idea. I'm not saying it's. Let's keep going, Yeah, keep it. Keep it up. Keep up the dude. Maybe we'll. Maybe we'll find out. We've got lots of. Incel fans, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do. Think, I do think Andy Millman is a massive incel. Like okay. at this stage, you know, what I mean, he's famous. He could get women, but instead, he sits there moaning that some other guy's got a woman that he wants. Right, that's that's a very good. That point. is a very incel of him. Okay. Yes, but that's it's if, his frustration. If you're, if you're just taking as sorry, I'm going to keep this going. James. Go if it, you're yeah. just taking as incel a person who kind of has a chip on his shoulder about... I mean, I guess that, that's that, what that, it is. That so, is how I define no, but, himself. What, so any man that's got a chip on his shoulder, but at that moment, he's not get, he hasn't got a girlfriend or, or a woman that's interested. It's more it? an all-consuming worldview that you're never going to get one and everything's up against yeah, but, Okay, so that, that, in I that think, case, I, I, think, don't, I don't think that's what I don't think, think Andy think, Roman no, He's he not consumed by that. He's not consumed by that. He, he seems very bitter. He seems a bit bitter, but I think incel is a bit of an extreme That's certainly radical. not what he's consumed by. And no. he doesn't. I think if he was an incel, would he have? Would incels have a friend like Maggie? Would he? I don't mean like would Maggie well, kind of okay. be friends of him. I mean, would he be able to hang around with a woman okay, but... without feeling like he's entitled to her? Yeah, true. He has no feelings at all for Maggie, does he? Like, he, he, never would, he, he would resent her, wouldn't he, for yeah. for, for being so choosy with men true. and for yeah, being a yes, friend. and for yes, being just yes. a friend? It'd be like, oh, she friend zoned me. Oh, yeah, yeah, I exactly. think he has definitely got tendencies though. Like when you hear him, you know, Mildly. talking about, and and also he she, when she points out his height, he gets all defensive about it. Like, you know, like he's fed up with being, you know, five foot eight. Yeah, he's 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 a man, like we said, with a chip on his shoulder and with insecurities. Yeah. 
Does that in, by de facto make, make him an incel, or is that just this is in two thousand six before incels was bad? So. Before incelism was bad, <laughs> before incelism was bad yeah. and it was kind of actually. I mean, this is kind of not really got anything to do with the episode, but it was before like. Um, if we're talking about incels, it kind of comes from internet culture and kind it's, of like the idea. The idea it was actually of, invented the idea, in the nineties by a woman. Yeah, but it's kind enough. of the idea. It's the idea of the aggressive nerd, isn't it? Whereas back in two thousand six, we were still kind of with yeah, the idea that nerdy guys were kind of harmless, kind of wimpy, mm. kind of like they weren't aggressive, they weren't angry. It's now. Simon. It's only since then, with the rise of Facebook, which was after two thousand six, that we kind of realised this kind of like this aggressive kind of like um, yeah, this angry nerd. Idea, yeah. which is we're gonna we are completely off topic. Like, yeah, that is. I would. This is Danny's pod. I do think Andy Millman is an angry nerd to an extent. All right. Well, I think I think his bitterness really comes across in this episode. Well, listeners, you can tune in next week to see. This is of incel corner. Yeah, I'm just I'm just trying. And the whole time I've just been thinking about what a woman who looked like Ronnie Corbett would actually look like. <laughs> well, Ronnie Corbett. I, I've been trying to think about what the jingle could be to be fair. <laughs> Maybe we could make it and it's good night for me. <laughs> Greg saying that. Uh, yeah, I guess a woman of Ronnie Corbett is. I, right. just, I would just go with the classic sitcom Ronnie Corbett with a wig on. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, uh, like um, uh, what's her name? Mr. Stokes' sister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, no, I think that's a good feature. I, I, you know, I, I'm sure it will rival Stitch Up corner yeah. as we go through the <laughs> and uh, I always knew you were brave we're going to leave that there so Daniel Radcliffe is obviously the, the magical boy scout and then we get to see <laughs> he's our big star for the episode, he's our big like, star and, and then we get to see him play a radically different version of the public perception of Daniel Radcliffe as a as a sort of um, attempted womanising, I guess he's a bit of a nerd himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just an uh, like, absolute bag of horny, like, yeah, yeah. hormones or whatever. Well, yeah, and this was during the middle of the, uh, this was after the fourth, I think the fourth uh, Harry Potter Goblet Fire had just come out the year before. So he was, he was in the middle of his Harry Potter phase. It kind of, at that time, it seemed like it had no end. And uh, yeah, he was kind of, it, it was already like, what's he going to do after this? Mm. And he's kind of, this is playing on the idea that he's kind of going to, everyone knew he was going to get stuck in this Harry Potter schoolboy era for the rest of his life, basically. And then interestingly, shortly after, I guess, it probably wouldn't have been long after this, that he kind of was the subject of quite a lot of Sun newspaper kind yeah, of uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. headlines when, he, when it was revealed that yeah, he was, was a bit a drinker. of a drinker yeah. and uh, taking drugs and then he went sober and he sort of, he, he, you know, obviously as they that's a classic example when those kids from Harry Potter turned sort of 16, 18, yeah. 20, mm, yeah. started going out in clubs, they would Definitely going to be. I mean, fucking hell, Emma, Wa- yeah, Emma yeah, Watson yeah. got it. Emma Watson from all, literally yeah, from oh, all yeah, angles. She, 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 <laughs> <laughs> but imagine, unfortunately, imagine in any room. <laughs> <laughs> they literally the gutter press. <laughs> yeah, no. So, so. But Daniel. I mean, I always thought with the, with the Harry Potter kids, like it was it was almost kind of like a miracle that they lasted until they were like 17, 18 <clears> before they went. Off well, the I don't think they ever. Because if you think of yeah, but I also think and I and um, what's his name? Not Ron Weasley. What's the real actor's name? Uh, Rupert Green. Green. That's he it. he said in an interview before what I always thought was interesting, like they kind of. If the Harry Potter films had been made in America, and if they were American, they would have been indulged, like they would have kind of been given anything they wanted, even when they were 13, 14. But because it was filmed in England, that they were English and had the English crew around them, there was just a bunch of kind of like carpenters and like plumbers and like, yeah. you know, kind of like workmen kind yeah, of around, yeah, yeah. not kind of giving them the time of day, kind of like just, you know, if they started to get a bit uppity, kind of like tell them to sit the fuck back down. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah. Like, they never had, and in a good way, they kind of didn't they weren't indulged so they kind of didn't have that chance to kind of go off the rails really yeah. and they didn't like yeah 
Emma Watson and, and Daniel Radcliffe went out partying and stuff, but they can and obviously Daniel Radcliffe said he had kind of like he, he felt like he had a drink. He went problem. sober, didn't but he? But like yeah. if you think about the kind of you know Lindsay Lohan, tour, yeah, yeah, you know, the, the two Corys in the eighties in America, yeah, like they kind of went completely off the rails, didn't they? So like the Harry Potter kids were kind of like you know pretty well behaved. I think it must have been fun for Daniel Radcliffe at this point because his image was so associated with like clean family. Yeah, yeah. yeah, to, yeah. to to do something radically different that must have been such a laugh. It must have been such a break from the norm just to completely yeah. subvert the image of who he is just and temporarily just for a laugh you well, know exactly. yeah. yeah 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 and, and, he he, and, he, and he's relishing it isn't he well, he's the pretty first good scene is him just saying to them you know you know ring don't mean a thing you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know you want to go for a drink later and all that kind of stuff and then shaking his fags at uh, Maggie. Yeah, fags yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i've done it with a girl what i've done it with a girl intercourse wise so if you're looking for Daniel, here's my mom. Say so they're your facts. And then, and then, of course, he ends up in the trailer um, flicking a condom onto Dame Diana Rigg's oh, head, so <laughs> which is one of the more outrageous yeah. kind of uses of one of these other of the kind stars. of celebrity yeah. sort of stars. Yeah. Um, to have a yeah, this is one of those episodes. I, mean, <laughs> I guess because it because it's set on a movie set, this is one of those episodes where it kind of has multiple. St- I mean, obviously, Daniel Radcliffe is the big one; he's the mm, big get. Yeah. But like, you know, there's Daniel Rigg. Although Daniel Rigg's probably, I mean, you know, much bigger star than Daniel Radcliffe, really. In in in, in historical terms, she's like acting royalty in this country. Yes. She's not of the moment like he. Was. No, that, that's the thing. They couldn't. Have, I mean, they could. <clears> I mean, <throat> if they really pushed it, they could have kind of built an episode around and special guest star well, Diana Rigg. But, but if like, you're going to hang a condom off someone's face, yeah, why not? It's got to be Diana yeah, Rigg. So well, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, can I have my Johnny back? May I have my Johnny back? May I have my Johnny back? And, yeah. he, and then he sort of he wraps it up again, and he's like, "Oh yeah, that'll be fine." <laughs> <laughs> fine, I'll use that later. So. <laughs> and that's uh, I noticed particularly this time that scene very very quickly at the beginning of that scene before Dan Radcliffe turns up it's just very quickly sets up like oh this food this this uh, this food is shit I'm still yeah. hungry should we go for dinner later quickly setting up what's going to come yeah. later because we're now what halfway through the episode mm. and there's no sense at all that you're the, the, of what's going to come next with the media stuff with well, the journalist actually, with the Down syndrome kid do you know what I mean yeah. we were like, talking it's a, literally an episode of two halves isn't it we were talking about that earlier exactly what you just said there Jack an episode of two halves and how the pace is quite slow to begin with. It yeah, feels yeah, more yeah. like something from series one. Then as soon as the media storm starts, it's like the energy picks up. Yeah, absolutely. And the Chinese yeah, yeah. whispers and the boom, 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 boom. Yeah. And it's like suddenly there's a shit storm. You kind of almost wish that they'd... Because I bet they had more they could have said about that. That they'd kind of spread that out from the beginning mm. rather than just going, right, the first half is Daniel Radcliffe on set. The second half is he gets in trouble with the media. Mm. They said, like, this is the one where he gets in trouble with the media. Have it happen well, very early on. We kind of thought that it was almost deliberate because mm. you've got that gear shift that's really noticeable just after the restaurant scene that is a reflection of how chaotic and, and turbulent the media storm is that's true that's because true it's, yeah, it's yeah, actually yeah. the calm before the storm really yeah first and you don't know it's going to calm so then suddenly it's it, it, yeah, it it's the calm off. before the storm in the sense that you could be pottering along in your life it can be completely normal if you're a celebrity and then one newspaper article mm. can change everything and we've seen it so many times those kind of i mean i suppose shitstorm is the best word for it yeah, right yeah. It's like, oh my god, have you seen it? Have you seen what's happened? You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. But it reminds me of, like, because I always think whenever, and we've said about this before, like, if you you think about this episode as being the Daniel Radcliffe episode, you could easily forget that they're kind of like the main bit of it, and the funniest stuff in it is the, is the media shitstorm. Mm, it reminds me of the Orlando Bloom episode, where yeah. the guest star is kind of just focused on Maggie, and what Andy does has kind of nothing to do with it. Mm, true. And you kind of wish that, it had been a bit more tightly plotted so that the 
the the whole media thing could have played into it. They could have. I don't know. I mean, I can't think exactly off the top of my head how, but they could have either had a get had a guest star that kind of like tied in more with the media thing, or had used Daniel Radcliffe to somehow tie in a bit more. With the I know media what you thing. mean because mm. it does feel like two episodes tacked together in a way. Like even it? if it was just like the journalist said, oh. Um, like, you know, if, if if Andy and Daniel Radcliffe had been photographed together yeah, like, yeah. walking off set or something, so they could have said, you know, Rad- Radcliffe's new pal, Andy Millman, does yeah, it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it kind of ties it in a little bit more, I don't know. But, yeah. Well, send I mean, a suggestion they, over to yeah. Steve. Yeah. Maybe they can go back and redo it. They do tie it together, though, don't they? Because uh, by hitting on the uh, Warwick's wife, he does sort of tie his plot to Andy a little bit as well, because when it comes, yeah, to, when yeah. it comes full circle at the end... Warwick is accusing both of them of trying yeah, to cut onto his. That's true. Yeah, so, yeah, and then yeah, that obviously yeah. that culminates with the knee to the knee Warwick's to the face. face. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it does kind of tie together in that sense. Which yeah, again is a, it's a lift from his stand up because it's, it makes me think of you know when he's talking about the Falklands War. You know, what's it called? Malvinus. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's what I thought of when I saw that bit. Which <laughs> stand up that? I can't remember. It's, that. Um, I think it's either animals or politics. But yeah, oh, okay. he's talking about you know being a range war. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. What's it called? Malvinus. <laughs> Do you want to know? Speaking of Daniel Radcliffe, something that no. came to mind for me when I watched this earlier was I've never watched Harry Potter no, or read one of the books. I've not watched. Yeah, we should talk about what we feel about Harry Potter, actually. Yeah, have you not watched? Well, I, I don't have any fear. So you've never seen any Harry Potter. You've never seen any Harry Potter. Danny, Harry Potter. I'm not a Harry Potter fan. Right. <laughs> You're not going to watch Harry Potter. You're not going to watch Harry You know. I mean, I'm not a Harry Potter fan either. Is, I've seen one. I, I, but, but we're kind of... Well, what, we're, I'm we're, too old, exactly. Yeah. I, I always just thought it's a kid's book. I'm That's it. I had a chat, I had a chat about, about this with someone the other day. Yeah, we were kind of... We literally are the age where we were just too old to... Yeah. But I think see, we were like we were in well the first bit came out in '97. We were all in year seven, year eight when that's so when it came out. It didn't no, really no, 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 I think like that was '99, 2000. Yeah. That's when it really got huge, Harry Potter. So we were too old to be read the books at school because I think you would have read the books when you were like yeah, exactly. Year six no, or something. It wasn't around, yeah. And then by the time the films came out, we were 14, 15, and you know I went to see them, but obviously some of <laughs> other people here were more like, oh, I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to see that fucking children. Yeah, shit. yeah. yeah. Right, I see you write a story about a little wizard. So he's a you do. <laughs> I know adults read them, but you know, is it just this whole thing of like you know adults reading kids books? Yeah, that's, that's just, just the way in the world is now. Stuart Lee has a funny bit about about adults reading Harry Potter on the train and how like they, they change the, they change the covers to make it look a bit more mature. And stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know those Harry Potter books. You know they're for children, don't you? They're aimed at children. The Harry Potter. They're children's books. People go to me. Have you read the new Harry Potter books, Stuart? Good. Have you read it? No, I haven't read it. Because I'm a 40-year-old man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so none of us care about Harry Potter, right? That's it. No, <laughs> so, no. Done with that. Sorry. But Sorry, before we go on, I was going to say, normally at this point, we would do the IMDb, while well, we're talking about the guest star, we would do the IMDb game. Oh, yes. But we're not going to, we're, we're going to have it slightly different today because we're not going to do it on Daniel Radcliffe because it's literally just for Harry Potter. Yes. Yeah. So what we are going to do, we're going to do the IMDb game on the real guest star of the episode, Warwick Davis. Hey. Right? So does anyone know anything about Warwick Davis' career? Bit, yeah. All right, so yeah, so the IMDb game is where we take a little break and we look at the guest star for the episode's okay. IMDb Let's page, their, their top four most known for according to IMDb. So yeah, so Warwick Davis, what do we think? Willow. Willow is on there, Star yes. Wars. Which Star one? Wars is not... Return of the Jedi, yes. I guess what you're saying. It's not on there, surprisingly enough. I don't know how... Yeah, obviously he plays Wicket in... So yeah, let's just quickly backtrack on Warwick Davis. Became a... He was chosen... Uh, and when he was like 
12 or something. He was in, he played Wicket in Return of the Jedi. That's he was right. one of the little Ewoks, the main Ewok. And then off that, he main was kind Ewok. of. <laughs> I was he the main was, Ewok. <laughs> he was kind of just a hand picked by uh, George Lucas, obviously saw something in him and put him in, yeah, in, in Willow, where he, he was like. Fifth, he was, <laughs> what are you laughing at? There's nothing funny about that. Saw something in him. <laughs> and he was chosen, yeah, to play the little. Uh, the, the little pillar. Where's always the little one? I've noticed, I've noticed even in the extras DVD. Even in the extras DVD, I've noticed everyone prefaces talking about him with little. Like even in the extras it's DVD. It's hard not to. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everyone. If we have, if we have any little people that are actually fans oh. of our podcast, I'm so sorry. <laughs> even in the extras uh, DVD, we were watching the extras on the extras DVD, which yeah. are actually very good extras, by the way. And Do you want to say extras a few more times? <laughs> yes. And then, <laughs> Dan, Daniel Radcliffe was talking about the scene with uh, Warwick Davis's flute, and he said oh, yeah. he's got a little flute. <laughs> <laughs> little. Yeah. He's got a little costume. He's got yeah. a little flute. And little booties. Yeah. That's what Darren Lamb says, isn't it? He's like, you get you just you just. Uh, you, you know. <laughs> so so Willow is on there. But yes, but so I was going to say what's interesting about Willow. Yes, so he was chosen by George Lucas to be the star of his film Willow, where he plays a little. I guess he's supposed to be an elf or something. He's, he's kind of like a Lord of the Ringsy kind of thing. But he got that when he was like 14, 15. So imagine being a um, a teenager with that affliction, probably thinking, you know, kind of like life is going to be hard for you. And you get cast in Willow mm. when, you're, when you're 13, 15. And he was the main character in it. So it probably looked like he kind of was going to... They did a sequel as well. It was a George Lucas. So yeah, it was a big so, so it was a big thing. Yeah, yeah. But then obviously he kind of like... His career dipped a little bit. It's the Leprechaun on there. Leprechaun is on there. Look at Seth. Now that, he knows all about it, Warwick Davis. That is a film with Warwick Davis as a Leprechaun with yep. Jennifer Aniston, yep. pre, pre um, Friends. Really? Pre Nose yeah. Job. Oh, pre Nose Job, pre Friends. All right, how about. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that, and that was a horror film where Warwick Davis yeah. was that be a, a serial killer Leprechaun. Yeah. How about um, An Idiot Abroad? No, not an, I say these are all films. So he's They're all films. Oh, okay. no Harry, Potter, so, Harry Potter then. Philosopher's Stone. Harry Potter. First one. Philosophers. No, I don't know if he's even in the first one. I think he's in all of them. Is he in all Apparently. of them? What did he play in then? I, uh, I don't know. No, he's need like I, I do know this. I he do does, know, literally does. He's a little uh, banker, right? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he is a little banker. You're all a banker, <laughs> banker. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> How do you know this? Have you never seen him? No, I do know him. I've seen him. I've seen a picture of him doing it. Right? Here we go. Yeah. He was cast as, and, and you're thinking of, obviously, I know you know this, really, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. Well, yes. Obviously. Yeah. He yeah. plays yeah. one of the fa- famously a... A a hooked nosed banker goblin. I don't know where. Yeah, that's a bit a bit racing for <laughs> J.K. Rowling. Honestly, I've always thought a little bit so on weird. the nose, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> literally on the nose. Yeah, but a bit a bit weird of J.K. Rowling. I don't know how she got away with that. But yeah, that's who he plays. Yeah, in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two. But yeah, I think he may be okay. in all of them in different guises. So that's three. So, so we got three. Harry Potter. We've got the Leprechaun. We've got Willow. Um, wind, in the, short. wind in the Willow. When the wind blows, <laughs> I didn't. The, the fourth one, I didn't even know was in. I haven't seen that. It's pretty recent. It's got um, another um, Ricky Gervais alumni in it in his first big like starring role. Oh, is it Pirates of the Caribbean? Or no, no, no. In his first big starring role post uh, the Hobbit. No. Well, what else is there with <laughs> mystical? I didn't know who's that. Who's that? Who's mystical? No, oh, it's not mystical. Now he's typecasting. He is typecast. <laughs> I don't know then. It's... Snow White the Seven Dwarfs? No. It, it, <laughs> it is The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, okay. Sorry, oh, post Martin office, Freeman. Martin Freeman, yes, exactly. Yeah. Which I don't know what he was in. He's probably played a little robot. Literally. So he's been a little banker, a little robot, a little wood elf, in the Avengers, and, a, and a little serial killer. In the Avengers, Peter Dinklage played a giant. 
Did you see that one? He did play the Giants. So, you know, for every yeah. cloud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think when Game of Thrones came out, Warwick Davis must have thought, I, I bet he was I am furious. in the bank for this. Like, yeah. this has got to be my I bet you he doesn't like Peter Dinklage. <laughs> I bet you there's a little bit of, a little bit of resentment there, so to speak. <laughs> I have to give a shout out to Warwick Davis, though. He's very, very oh. funny. He's a great comic actor. No, and, and, and yeah, and obviously, as, as so often with these uh, shows that... Gervais and Merchant do. They obviously saw something in one, in yeah. someone at a particular time, like Barry. And, yeah, well, yeah. exactly, like yeah. Barry. Yeah, yeah. And they obviously are working for him on with him on this. They obviously saw something in Warwick Davis. Because because Barry, um, well, Barry, Sean and Sean Williamson and Warwick Davis were not, neither of them were comic actors. No, they weren't known for it, but they're both very very funny. Yeah, they are. And, and to be honest, I really I mentioned it a minute ago, but I really love the Idiot Abroad series with Warwick Davis and Carl Pilkington. Yeah. It's so good, and it's like they, they're, just, they're such perfect imbalance. Yeah, personalities because like Warwick's up for anything, really positive, endlessly positive, and can't and say what you will. Gervais is obviously uh, quite loyal because yeah, he kept on trying to kind of do things for it. Like he obviously they made life too short for mm. him, and then when that obviously didn't get didn't get a second series, they <laughs> put him in. Um, give the, him a second series, yeah. Swine. yeah, give me another series, you shit. <laughs> they obviously put him in. Um, yeah, life's too short. Team up with Carl Pilkin because mm. he, he kept trying to uh, to uh, find like vehicles for him. Oh, he has his. He has his people, doesn't he, Ricky Gervais? Yeah, 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 he does, yeah, yeah. Mum? So we've got the, uh, we mentioned it before, right, the, the scene that shifts the gears in this episode, right, and it's the one with the restaurant scene. <laughs> yes. So this yes. is when they're in the fancy restaurant and, you know, Maggie and Andy are sitting there and uh, I think Maggie's sort of being a little bit despondent that she's there um, <laughs> without a romantic interest of her own and she's only, you know, she has to settle for Andy. So it kind of... <laughs> not a real, but what did she yeah. say? Not a real person, not a real man. <laughs> so it has to kind of yeah. restarts the, uh, the, the Maggie sort of love bit, um, interest thing where she's sort of trying to find a bloke again, reminds us of that because we haven't really had any Maggie development um, in this series so far, it's been mostly focused That's on that. True, although no, yeah, I mean, she was obviously in the Orlando Bloom one. I think we're forgetting oh, yeah, the Orlando Bloom one was only two episodes right, ago because we recorded it like a year ago. Cut that out. <laughs> but the thing that's going on in the background is there's this kid making all sorts of noises, right? <laughs> and uh, the woman comes over, asks her his autograph, and he sort of favour for a favour. Go and shut that kid up for me. And this is classic Gervais, especially Gervais. This is classic Gervais stuff. This could have been in yeah. like, the office or something. I think this is where the uh, like always knew you were Brent. Always knew you were Brent. <laughs> <laughs> especially when the mum comes oh, over. Oh, it's so yeah. awkward. It's so awkward. Excuse me. I understand you have a problem with me bringing my son into a restaurant. If he's like that, yes. Andy. What do you mean like that? Well, why should we be burdened? Andy, don't. Sorry, you think that just because you're on the TV you can order the rest of the world around? It's nothing to do with that. But, you know, if he's going to make that sort of noise, it, I mean, it's a restaurant, for God's well, sake. it's not my fault, is it? Well, it is your fault. You decided to have him. Of course I decided to have him. Andy. You'll be pleased to know we're about to leave anyway, so I hope you have a wonderful evening and that you realise you're a horrible little man. Oh, no, I didn't realise. It happened with in between us, right? Yeah. I'll yeah, sit yeah, next yeah. to these inconsiderate assholes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the in between us literally like, lifted, this, lifted the joke pretty much from extras. <laughs> Copy and paste of it, I think. Yeah, well, they used to work. Uh, uh, Damon Beasley. Damon and Beasley and. What's his other um, name? Ian Morris. Morris. Yeah, yeah. they obviously they used to uh, work with Gervais, didn't they? So obviously they kind of got a similar. Uh, so that's why they named comedy. the writers. They named the writers and extras after. Yeah, them. well, exactly. Yeah, so they've obviously got name, similar yeah. uh, similar comic, uh, comic <laughs> so, stylings. So, so the first half of the episode, as we could say, has been like the calm before the storm, right? Yeah, it's right, almost been like it's almost been a bit slow. I remember thinking as I was watching it back a few days ago. There's not much going on in the first half of this. It's funny, but there's not much going on. Yeah. And then of course, you know, Andy Millman no longer. 
is an extra. No longer can he get away with the, um, doing something so publicly outrageous. Yeah. And, as, you know, and then that's it. The next scene you see, you've got... Oh, this is so great. You've got the uh, the man himself. Uh, yeah, the, the journalist. The journalist, Paul. 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 Oh, like Paul, mate. Yeah. <laughs> going through the rubbish. Yeah, literally literally going through going through his beard. I mean, yeah. his, 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 his patter is so perfect, isn't yeah. it, this guy? Because, you, you know, you can't say anything to this... Well, you can't say anything <laughs> without him twisting it. You know, this is one of, and it's one of the great uh, Merchant Gervais one scene or one episode yes. of characters. Amazing. Perfect. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Rufus Jones as is well. Is that his name? Rufus yeah, Jones. Rufus yeah. Jones, yeah. Really, really good. He was in W1A. That's right. He's, he played Terry Jones in a, in a Monty Python thing. So you're in a restaurant with a girlfriend. She's not my girlfriend. Yeah, but she's but a girl, is your friend? Yeah. What, well, I put she, girlfriend for sake of she's ease. She's not my girlfriend. girlfriend. I put for well, sake of shorthand. Not my And you were in there and you heard a noise and it was driving you mad. Well, he oh, was, you can't say mad nowadays, can you? Well, uh, uh, he was making a noise and I got a little... Mad? Bit, you got mad? The man kid was driving you mad? No, I wouldn't say that. Can't but, say he's mad nowadays, well, can you? All mental. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've got a little story regarding some journalists. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have my own run-in with a Paul-type character. Many. Ooh, chimpanzee that. Some stories. <laughs> Many moons ago when I was a drunken man uh, yeah. acting a little bit irresponsibly I was in a it was around this time it was around 2006 so it was a height of the sort of like celebrity sell your story stuff yeah. and I was in uh, I think it was Coco in Camden you might have been there that night James somewhere maybe not and I was quite inebriated and I saw a character a guy called Donny Tourette his name was Donny Tourette just, yes, he was on was. Uh, he was on um he was, he was in Towers of London. Big brother, and he was in a punk band called Towers of London. Yeah. He'd also... Mainly known for... Never, never mind, mind the buzzcocks. Buzz yeah, that's now. it. <laughs> and I saw him, and I was drunk, and I said to... I can't remember who I was with. I was with someone, and I said, shall I go over and sort of, like, um, sort of uh, wind him up? Had he been on buzzcocks at this point? No, I don't think he had, it's but just he definitely... Like, I think he'd just finished on the Big Brother. And because Towers of London had their own reality show as well on yeah. something. He was well, hilarious on Buzzcocks, man. Yeah, I, that was it. one of my favourite episodes. What is that? Yeah, what is that move you do? It's a mucho, mucho lavo. You come and join oh, in with me. Oh, it's kind of a begging thing, isn't it? <laughs> this is what you're going to get. You look like a tramp, if you look like a tramp, it's a begging thing. It's a begging thing. Do you know what? You, you'd be quite happy at home on the streets. Yeah. But then again, not many people would take that pee on you because you're pretty ugly. Ooh! <laughs> I should explain. Bill is a professional comedian. <laughs> You won't win. <laughs> but I walked, so I walked over and I started taking the mickey out of him. To just and just for a bit of context, he was some kind of like throwback kind of punk, um, punk yeah. kind of like kind of big feathered hair. So it was glam Ooh. slash punk. Yeah, and he was a complete dickhead. Yeah, what, basically. What, what, what was Donny Tourette's like though? But, but <laughs> yeah, that was me at the time. <laughs> and a complete dickhead is about right. To be honest, I walked over to him and I took the mickey out of him and and. He punched me in the face. Right. When you said the Mickey, what is that? Is yeah, well, I, said, I said that you. I said you made an idiot out of yourself. Sure, sure, mate. <laughs> I know pretty much that. So looking back on it now, oh, we were both a lot younger. <laughs> Donny, if you're out there, I'm sorry, mate. I probably deserved it. I was come on the podcast. Twat. Yeah, come on the idea. podcast. We'll, we'll we'll have a chat. We'll, we'll bury the hatchet. Um, but basically, yeah, he punched me in the face, and then. What instantly, like you said it, and it was a like, bad. Well, I can't really remember because I was quite oh, drunk. And then yeah. there was a big load <laughs> of chaos. Cast, yeah. There was a big load of chaos, yeah. and yeah. then um, some bouncers pulled me in and chucked me out of the club. Yeah. And right. then, so the next day, I woke up with a black eye, and I thought, "How can I make some money out of this?" <laughs> well, as, as he was in, as he was in, uh, it was in a club, and he was in the paper quite a lot of the time. I think he was romantically linked to Peaches Geldof, yeah, yeah, which was putting him in the papers quite a lot. Yeah, and so I called up the Sun. 
and got and had a chat with Paul and he was literally that guy and then he, he was he was on the phone to me and he was going so how many were there and I said I don't know four or five so I put there was ten blokes coming at you right <laughs> and it was literally that and then and then he came down he drove down to to, to meet me in a park and take a photo oh, boy, was that that desperate to... no he told me I was going to get six hundred quid for the was story. this still when you were living at like in six hundred quid I was about eighteen at the time so where where we living because presumably he had to come climb I think like Amersham I was living at the yeah, time. so he had to come quite. Yeah, he, to... he came. He came and met me quite, quite away, and then nothing happened. Did I, he I need was... to get a sad face picture of you? Is that yeah, he got did? me a picture of me sitting in the park with, with a black, black eye. eye yeah. to get a black <laughs> eye disappeared, of course. And then He's a professional. sounds like an album cover. And then <laughs> a few, a few weeks passed, and nothing came out in this paper. No, yeah. no money went into my account. No money went. I was going to say, how much did you get paid? Well, I was. He said six hundred quid. And then I rang him up. He's not going to eat any fish and chips. Says here, you were glugging it. So I rang him up and I said, what happened with the Donny Tourette story and then the sort of paper thing? And he said, to be honest, mate, he's not really famous enough anymore. And, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> In that two weeks. Yeah. No, quite literally. I think mean, he was coming to the tail end of his little yeah, yeah, yeah. furore around Big Brother and all the rest of it. So that was it. That was my um, running. And it was literally exactly like that. It was like, so I'll say there was 10 men coming at you. Would you say it was about that? Would you say you swaggered over to him? Did you <laughs> swagger over him? <laughs> <laughs> That's the funny thing. Like, yeah, yeah. basically why the story for. Yeah. 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 So there was a mass brawl. How many police were involved? There was no police or anything like that. It was sort of a, yeah. So I can I can tell from first hand experience that's what happened. That's yeah. exactly what this happened. is a funny thing though, because he tries to sort of line up little quotations like, you know, you know, you saying the mad, she was as mad as her son, you know, would you say yeah. that? Yeah. 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 And then when the article actually does come out, yeah, he's done it to her. obviously immediately after this it cuts straight to Darren Lamb and Barry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> and he's done the same article. thing to the mum because she yeah. said uh, if he thinks I'll be watching his show again, he's having a laugh. Oh, she's done used to stitch you up, yeah. Yeah. use the catchphrase again. She, <laughs> fangs, but no fangs. <laughs> and then you have that wonderful montage, you know, from the right stuff to LBC to with Nick Ferrari, yeah, yeah. and through to the um, this morning, and, and the story just evolves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it becomes, he, he becomes he kicked the disabled man in the face. You yeah. know what I mean? He goes somehow, so he goes yeah. from he he goes from he's possibly hit the boy to he's hit the mother to he's hit a mother. Who's elderly and wheelchair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just ludicrous, isn't it? Yeah, but, but that, that did happen. Like stories did use. Well, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's just, it's just Chinese, Chinese whispers. Yeah. yeah, exactly. With, with, with this uh, media montage, it's a perfect example of what you guys were saying about how this second half just kind of like mm. just built up momentum. And suddenly, it's it's the train going downhill. Isn't mm. it? It's all just kind and, of. And, and then next, next thing you know, he's sitting down on the sofa, and this is a bit a bit mad. He just sits down and look who's on the telly. Oh, this is so great. Because <laughs> I, I love Richard Bailey in anything, right? Yeah, he's one of my favourite people to see on the telly. He's just like a, a complete he, proto he's, he's totally sending himself up here as well. But this is the yeah. thing; it's not even a parody. This is exactly what, literally, what he would do. This yeah. isn't yeah, a parody. Yeah, yeah. Him, him challenging. That he could find that he could spot a Downs Downs kid from behind. Yeah, that it's literally what he would do. It's not even a parody. Oh, I don't know. I think like him just accepting the use of the word mongoloid on telly. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think that, that <laughs> in retrospect is probably the worst thing extras does. Like I think that's pretty pretty bad though. That, mm. that, that's, that's what they use that phrase that, and they use it. I mean, it's one of those things. Normally in, in in shows when someone uses a phrase like that, like it might be a Finchy character or something, and they, yeah. they say it, and you're not supposed to be on their side. It's not, you're not supposed to be on the agent side. I mean. No, they're saying it, but they're doing it gleefully. They're doing it with a mischief of smile on their face, Merchant and Gervais, as they're writing it. Yes. But they, you're not supposed to kind of think that the agent is good. For no, well, no, but you, you kind of are because Richard 
Madeley agrees with him. No, they're both, right. it, they're both James, are just supposed to be clueless idiots. In James's head, Richard Madeley's the arbiter of good taste. They're both supposed to just be clueless idiots. I mean, extras is a world where there's basically there's one innocent, Maggie, and everyone else is just a kind of... She's not that innocent. She gets him into a lot of trouble. I know, no, but she's kind of... It's almost like... Have Accidental. You, have you guys seen that film Fargo, the Coen Brothers film Fargo, where yeah. it's just kind of like... It, it, it's a world where everyone is, is a, a clueless immoral kind of like unsympathetic moron but then there's kind of like this this kind of pregnant female cop at the center of it. it's kind of like just kind of like this kind of the center of gravity of like, mm. like just goodness and that's kind of what maggie is she's kind of like mm. she kind of she trips up you know she kind of says awkward things she says silly things she she kind of like sticks her foot in it she gets mad and in trouble but she's kind of she's harmless and she she doesn't mean anything by it and she's kind of got a good soul and good good morals but ev- literally everyone else is yeah a moron and that's kind of like, that, that's what this scene is a perfect yeah. example of, where like Richard Madeley, by being a celebrity in extra size, he's a moron, right? Yeah. And he doesn't deserve any sympathy, and anything that comes out of his mouth, it's just, it's just, just, you can like, negate it. it and that's of, kind of with, with the agent as well. It kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, the way that you say that, and everyone else is an idiot. Sometimes Andy Millman, when I was watching this a few days ago, reminded me a bit of, believe it or not, of Nathan Barley and the Dan Ashcroft character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the sort of fact that he's, he's, as, he's sort of cynical, but he's as much of an idiot as everyone yeah. else, but he's thinks he's above them and his curse yeah his curse is that he's also a complete moron but yeah. he can he can see that everyone else is a yeah, moron yeah. Like he has, he's, take, he's got the glasses on yeah, yeah. he can see everyone for what they are but he is also one of them yeah yeah, yeah. Which, yeah very much like that now, now. I, I, I felt that and Nathan Barley's almost like Darren Lamb you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know the sort of gleefully optimistically stupid kind yeah. Of. <laughs> yeah 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 no it's a good point we glossed over one little bit though the the i can't remember it, it, who i can't remember who says it is it philip schofield or what's the woman's name it was with philip philip fernbrin oh it's one of my favorite lines from the entire show <laughs> yeah. or anything that um <laughs> in, in fact anything that ricky and steve have done it's amazing isn't it plus rwanda revisited 12 years after the genocide a harrowing report from big brother 2 winner brian dowling <laughs> yeah, it's a funny so line. They should have that as an Easter egg, you know, like the actual the feature on the Rwandan genocide with Brian Dowling. I'm just trying to remember who Brian Dowling actually was. He was the camp They say it. Yeah, yeah, I know they say it, but I'm trying to remember. He I'm trying to. The really camp one. one. Well, yeah, he had like Which a bit is, of a yeah. media career afterwards. So it's like Ryland. And I think he cried when Anthony left. Do you remember that? Like the pretty one that he had a bit of a male, like a bit of a crush on. Yeah. And like when he left, he was all crying and stuff. It was yeah, it was quite funny. I definitely remember that series. The funny thing is, obviously, it's a slight distortion and exaggeration of reality, but it's not that far off the sort of thing you see on these mm. TV shows. Like, so especially the right stuff in LBC, they're yeah. always getting people right off. That's what they're going to say. Job and that, the right stuff is literally that is pretty much how it goes. But again, they're good sports because you know Matthew Wright and Nick Ferrari, and as well as Richard May, they're all basically Matthew, sending themselves out. Matthew yeah. Wright will do fucking anything. <laughs> He's got no scruples. On the subject of Matthew Wright, have he you guys seen the clip? Sharon Goodman. Sharon Goodman's a bitch. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I don't think smacking uh, should be allowed at all anymore because I'm, I'm a kid from the 70s and 80s and uh, I used to get smacked all the time. And uh, when you were saying about the freedom of speech thing, I'd still say that uh, Shannon Good made a bitch. Oh, right. Say what? I have to apologise once again that what we have with, with Gary, it's not his real name. He's a regular abuser of this phone. Uh, I can only apologise once again for the language used uh, and any offence caused. We are doing our very best to ensure this man does not get back on the line. He's cheated us again, I'm afraid. Who's next? Massive apology. We've got Tom from Buckinghamshire on the line. Uh, Good morning, Tom. 
Good morning, Matthew. There are a few people I would quite like to smack today. Our previous caller being one of them. But uh, what happens if we have a law that says I can't smack children? What then, Tom? Well, I think it's a silly idea. I think you should be allowed to smack them. Were you smacked as a child? Was I? Uh, no, I wasn't. So what was wrong with your childhood being raised in a loving family where you weren't smacked? That bit sounded good. Oh, right. Right, once again, I have to apologise for the offensive language caused, any offence that may have uh, been caused to you at home. Uh, we are going to have to look at this problem, because if we don't, lucky, we're going to end up being taken off air by one idiot with a very foul mouth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. Our American listeners, oh, maybe, if so you have funny. any international listeners who have no clue who uh, Matthew Wright is, that's the kind of, uh, that's the kind of gold you're going to get from him. <laughs> so... One other thing we missed out as well just then, a little Easter egg now for the fans. When we spoke to Barry, he told us that the CD that um, Steve um, Merchant shows to Richard and Judy was actually something that, a real CD that Barry's made. Yeah, he showed it to us. And he yeah. showed it to yeah. us on the video. And he said, look, this was, it wasn't scripted or anything. This is something that Darren, that he just said, little Steve, you know, I've got this CD. Do you want to pretend to give it a plug? And, stuff? Yeah. and that was all not scripted, just an extra little bit. I love the way he's Barry to us now as well. Yeah. Just <laughs> we've spoken to, to him. And, yeah. Yeah. We're doing a podcast about it. Yeah. He's he's such a good sport with that though, because I don't, for some reason he is he people call him Barry and it's fine. Yeah, and he's and it's partly I think because he's so yeah. so cool with it. But you would never think to do that with any other anybody else. Well, you say that, but when we had you and Macintosh on the I, podcast, uh, you literally opened the interview by calling him Keith. <laughs> Despite the fact that you had actually been chatting to him for a while. To yeah, set it I up. forgot about that. You were straight on. You were like, you're right, Keith. Um, I you genuinely didn't mean to do that either. <laughs> yeah. That was really embarrassing. Yeah, I, don't think he, I don't think he warmed. <laughs> maybe it's I don't just, think he warmed to you. Maybe much, it's just Gervais' merchant touch where they kind of, they just, they, everyone are just so much their characters. But I don't, I, Martin Freeman will always be Tim to me. I don't know, There's some. there was something, yeah. I know this is a bit of a tangent, but there was something really funny about Barry and them calling him Barry, because it just seemed to make sense. It just seemed to fit. It looked like a Barry. Just, yeah. That's the thing, the, word, the, the name Barry is just a funny name. Like, it's, if he'd been called... I mean, because of him, though. I mean, yeah, no, but if he'd been called, I don't know, I'm trying to think of another EastEnders Steve character. Steve or something. Steve or, like, Marco. Do you know what you're saying? Marco? He's a character, he has a character from Marco, come put your tongue out, please. I'm trying Marco's, <laughs> Marco's character from EastEnders. Anyway, but yeah, it's just because it's Barry. It's so kind of plain. And no offence to anyone called Barry, but it's just such a kind of plain, upfront, no frills name. But then when you see him as well, and he's he just like, kind of, the first introduction you get of him, he kind of walks down with a little hand dog, his hand dog expression. He's such a right? sad sack. He's such a Barry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is it actually short for anything, Barry? No. What would it be short for? Well, I don't I know. know. Barry Oakey. That's what. Boris. Boz. Bonds. Some people just Bonds. What the fuck are you talking like about? Barry's Bonds. Barry's Bonds. Borans. I mean, the given name Barry is derived from Gaelic, possibly being an anglicised form of the personal name Barry. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. So it's just Barry then. But you, can, you can shorten Barry to Baz or Baza. So there you go. But Baz is actually longer I than like, yeah. Yeah. I like Barons. I think that's actually Barons, yeah. <laughs> Alright, come on. Let's get back to the podcast, guys. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I don't know why Barons has tickled me so much. <laughs> it's the way he was pissing himself with laughter, going, Barons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you've got it all over the okay. barons so <laughs> you've got it all over the skating board so, so. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Andy's watched this Richard and Judy interview car crash yeah. and he's thinking, right, I've got to pull myself out of this. So he initiates the phone call to the son yeah. and starts a little press conference. And this is where the downfall for him really, this is where it all gets worse for him because right. he's now ingratiating himself with the son. He's getting yeah. involved. He's If he had just left it, and like it might have kind of gone away, yeah, it might have been tomorrow's fish and chip paper, yeah. but because he picks up the thing, the phone, and he gets himself involved in something, he now owes them something. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And historically, when you see these kind of um, shit storms, if the person doesn't respond or responds very nonchalant, yeah. then they normally get away with it. They normally, they, people forget. Yeah. People, people's, after the hysteria, people's kind of, you know, sort of um, minds settle down a bit and they think, actually, that's probably a load of bollocks what we're reading. Well, yeah. and then the people move on to the next scandal. But then he he he, he showed himself to be sorry. Yeah. Like, there was something to be sorry for. And any time any celebrity did like, uh, oh, this is my, you know, you've done, a, whole, you've done a week's worth of headlines. This does, does like, this is my side of the story, type mm. story for the sun. Especially, yeah, that's like, then that they're kind of they're they're shut down for the rest of their career like they're biting the hand that feeds them and when the Levinson inquiry came out there was that I can't mm. remember what his name was but uh, Steve Coogan tore him apart on on like Newsnight or something just some arsehole son journalist who basically said like celebrities are asking for it you know and they yeah, always yeah, want yeah. something from us and, it's like this, and, and this is what happens like when you do anything to get yourself in the paper then all of a sudden in, in terms of like, as far as the press are concerned and kind of the public as well it's like well now you're asking for it you, yeah. you, you, you've got you've got no recourse for yeah, the rest yeah, of your life. Like, you yeah. asked for it once you sold your story once you asked for our help once and now you're asking for, for the that's what Max career. Clifford used to say yeah, yeah. Exactly. In, in, yeah, yeah. In the, um, what was it called the Louis Theroux have you seen that when Louis yeah. met Max yeah. and it's exactly that and, and then I think there's one point where Max basically goes goes on a bit of a rant about it and says, you know, they need us more than we need them. Yeah. They owe it to us. They are effectively our property. And yeah. I do think that... Just by virtue of being on television and being well, in the public eye. But this is the thing. I think so it depends on the relationship that, you, that these people have with the press. Because some people oh, yeah. who, like, like what's his name? Keanu Reeves, right? Yeah. He, he, he does his job and it's a yeah. day job and then he goes about as a completely normal guy. But there's other people that can't take a shit without telling the paper. Well, this is the like thing. People like Jordan and all that, you know what or, I mean? Or like a Kerry Katona. Yeah, who kind of like, and you kind of feel sorry for them because you know they kind of do it early in their career and they're the kind of celebrities that do need the papers to keep mm. them famous but then they kind of like get sucked into that vortex don't mm. they and then there's literally no escape but there's such a like a, 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 a consistent trajectory to it there's an out there's a scandal mm. then there's like you said the story that they sell my side of the story for a load of money yeah. gets a load of papers and then something else happens and they sell the side of the story to that then they yeah. get married then they get divorced yeah. you know what I mean it charts their whole life people have like a press fence at their wedding I mean this comes out in the Christmas special yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I think that you know yeah my my minor run-in as, as silly as it seems now it was many many years ago when I was very naive and silly I must add when I was around <laughs> 18 and I called that sun journalist up even at the time, in my stupid naivety, I remember thinking, "This, this is creepy. This guy. He's, this is like." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did feel a bit dirty, and I was kind of, I was really glad when it didn't come out yeah. and the story didn't appear because I think I would have regretted it. Because you would have just the, the prick in the paper, yeah, yeah, exactly. Off Donny Tourette, and yeah. make six hundred quid off, off, off. You know, I would have looked like an idiot, and yeah. I look back on it and I shudder a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I'd still have a clipping, and I'd be looking at it right now. Exactly, you'd be pulling, <laughs> you'd be pulling it out every so often, going, "Seth, remember this?" I mean, that, we're talking like seventeen years. Ago, well, yeah, it. yeah, it's probably before like the papers wall on the internet, so it wouldn't be on like now with online, nothing yeah. ever died, nothing ever disappears, yeah. does it? Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. that's so true. Exactly. You, you know, if you wanted to become like a politician one day in yeah. 20, 30 years' yeah. time, yeah. these sort of yeah, things yeah, are yeah. lurking Facebook, in your background. Facebook, yeah, your, your Facebook well, now is going to be Justin Trudeau, right? That yeah. picture of him at the party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but 
was before, it was in, the, in, in the 90s, like before yeah. blackface was bad. Though. It's moving. No, but also, the pro- and, and, I, and I don't want to do the whole Max Clifford while they were asking for it, you know, the biting the hand that feeds him, but Justin Trudeau ho- holds himself up as a kind of paragon of, like, you know, I'm kind of, you know, I'm woke. Oh, I'm that's their favourite target, so that's, oh, yeah, that's he's, the one. He's the woke yeah. so, so that when you do have something in your past which is more, which kind of reveals that, you know, you know you're, you're a bit of a hypocrite, then that Ooh, kind of your. That's why politicians it, are always such perfect fodder for these things like Paddy Pantsdown. You yeah, know, because yeah. they do, they like, exactly that. They hold themselves up as the paragon of, of, oh. of discipline. Uh, and, and yeah, what were you going to say, Danny? I, I was going to say he's the Wokeo Olympics. <laughs> That's a bit rubbish. <laughs> That'd be a so, okay. so glad we put it back to you for that, Danny. Yeah. <laughs> Keep yeah. working on that, on that one. <laughs> yeah. But it's changed a bit since since this episode came out. Well, in, God, it's got to be fourteen years ago, fifteen years ago. The whole culture around, you know, the media has shifted from this kind of shitstorm kind of front page thing to yeah. retrospective cancelling, um, kind of woke culture, digging up old tweets. They would, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, scandals point. have moved on a little bit. Scandals are now very much enmeshed with the way we use social media rather than who was seen in a restaurant. It, that doesn't seem to happen so yes, much. And I would also say, though, that I particularly noticed it with the Britney Spears thing is that kind of people are a bit more kind of sceptical and not so quick to jump on like if the press tried to sell a story like this is the big story you want to buy your paper you know buy your paper for for the next Mm. two weeks this celebrity did something stupid people are like not interested in that people are people are less interested they're more what was like you were saying they're more interested in kind of like being appearing more moralistically yeah high but you know dragging up mistakes that people made in but the also, past rather than this celebrity got drunk coming out of a, you know, out a, of a, a nightclub. Yeah, one, one, like people don't care about that. One thing I would say is, believe it or not, I'm a bit of a crit- uh, critic of the woke culture. One thing that's actually quite nice that's come out of it is people don't seem to tolerate the sort of bullying of the papers in the same way yeah, that's what I mean yeah, which that. is actually quite a nice thing that people yeah. don't want to see people publicly destroyed and no, shamed yeah. I think that has shifted for, for the better I think yes. we decline now so that headline, exactly. that headline would not well, be exactly. published or Amy on crack nor should not it see all that no, no, should exactly. it be, the whole you know. all the Perez Hilton articles mm. like kind of just basically disgusting, really. literally just putting up headlines and then just says slut underneath it like, it's disgusting stupid, yeah. isn't it? I think the significant yeah. development in the recent years is that there's a right of reply now that people have through Twitter right? because don't forget this is in a world where if you wanted to get a message out, you had either the choice of the TV or the paper. Yeah. Right? You had no option. If this happened now, Andy would just send a tweet out clarifying mm, the position. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and that, 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 there was nothing like that in these days. I mean, so that's they how were someone like at the mercy of the. That's why these were so powerful. But that's how, that's how someone like Marcus Rashford has survived. Kind of like all the, you know, absolutely last year. But, but had it had what happened to him last year in 2020 happened, you know, in 2000 or 2010. Mm. But he would have just been absolutely hammered by the press and no one would have heard, you know, seen the other side. But he was obviously just able to go on Twitter and kind of make them all like dickheads. Mm. And, you know, kind of he's come out kind of like, you know, shiny and golden. Do you know what I mean? And the press attacks didn't last long and now they don't even bother. It's a bit of a double-edged sword, though, isn't it? Because Twitter can get them into trouble as much as it can get them out of trouble these yeah. days. That's the other thing. Yeah, it's, well, it's almost like everyone's a journalist now as well with Twitter. Mm. Well, yeah, that's so a lot of the time yeah. you'll read the paper and it'll just be like something someone said on Twitter. It's like, so what? Well, yeah. So... Andy's called the press conference. <laughs> so, yeah, so Andy called the press conference. Yeah. Yeah, so, so Andy's called the press conference, but it's definitely not an apology. And he's presenting, uh, what was the kid's name? Barry? No, Dougie. 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 So he presents the kid, Dougie, with a Xbox. 
and uh, you know he makes the point a couple Xbox of times. 360. Definitely not an apology. And uh, and Darren Lamb leans over and what does he do? He volunteers Andy's salary for the yeah, film. Uh, yeah, after agency reaction. After yeah, so yeah, he's not he's not taken part in the gesture of goodwill himself. And there's such a brilliant. Sh- I showed you guys this yeah, message earlier, but there's such a brilliant little shot when they're taking <laughs> yeah, the photograph yeah. and you've just got really Andy looking really sad and just dejected, and Darren like beaming over the top with that, these eyes. And of course, that, that, then it gets worse when the thing happens with Warwick. <laughs> Because he has to give up his money from the series. Well, that's the thing, but the agent uh, um, promising the charity and his fee is one of those things where. I can't even laugh at it because I feel so bad. One, that's one time when I do feel so bad for Andy. Like I can't even, I, I, I can't even find the humour in it. But that, that's the thing that the agent does. That it's like, oh man, like I just cringe when I, like, that's the most cringy <laughs> thing for me. I don't know why because obviously it's just Andy's money, but like, yeah, that, I, one, that one gets me. I do feel sorry for Andy in that instance. I actually think this episode is quite possibly like the beginning of the end for like his relationship with Andy, uh, the agent. Like you can really see the cracks appearing. Mm. Yeah, like, that, not, that not just him, but even when they're talking earlier, yeah, Andy's just pissed off with him. It's not yeah. even like having humour anymore, he's just pissed off. Yeah, and that one is unforgivable. Him just giving like, him yeah. all his money. <laughs> it's like, just unforgivable. Isn't it? Even like early on, like when he when he comes in and starts talking about Billy Piper and the TV and stuff, yeah, Andy's yeah. just in a bad mood with him. He's, yeah. he's in a bad mood with him from the off. He's fed up with him. Yeah, you yeah, can yeah, tell. Yeah. You can tell it's rolling towards. He definitely yeah. starts to lash out at Darren a bit. More, mm. Yeah, yeah. That's but, because we've seen. Now, after episode two, we know that there's no coming back from the public. The public hate him. That's yeah. it. We're done with that now. Mm. There's, there's, there's no kind of like flip side to that. Well, do we ever get to see the the, the sort of um, the aftermath of him kneeing Warwick in the face? Oh, well, yeah, sorry, he sacked, doesn't he? We're, so that's why he has yeah, to give That's why he has to give half the money to Dougie's charity from the TV series. Which. <laughs> So this is the final scene, right, with the confrontation with Warwick, when Warwick's basically had enough and, and he... Because, he, yeah. what is it, it's Daniel Radcliffe first that he catches cracking onto his missus, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, Mum! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't call for your mother! And, uh, <laughs> and then obviously uh, he then lashes out, Warwick rather, lashes out at um, Maggie, who tries to defend yeah. Radcliffe, and then Andy defends Maggie. So it's like a bit of a four-way kind of yeah, it's uh, everyone jumping confrontation into the yeah, going yeah, yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, obviously they're. And then worried. in the Fiora, like uh, yeah, Warwick accidentally gets kneed in the face by uh, by um, <laughs> Andy. But a lot of people have had to be slightly out, of, you know, slightly off for it to get to this stage because like Maggie shouldn't really have said that to whatever Claire. Claire probably yeah. shouldn't really have. There was no reason for us to tell Warwick. Well, yeah. and when it, it's, it's <laughs> gone through, basically it, what he actually said has gone through. Chinese, it's gone through two lots of Chinese whispers to get to Warwick. Oh, that's a really interesting point because that's not dissimilar to what happened with the other story. It's yeah, a bit exactly. of a parallel, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's gone from him just like you know having a little bit of an incel rant to him like <laughs> that's fact now. Thinking <laughs> he is an incel rant <laughs> to, to you know to him like you know full on saying that yeah he wants to get it on with his fiance. But yeah, it's all just classic. Miscommunication. Yeah, it's total, it's total, it's total Chinese whispers. That's and a escalation, bit. and that happens on both sides of the plot. That's I yeah, thought about that. That's a bit of a theme yeah. of, of the episode. Is that escalation? Yeah. 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 And, and it all comes back. Yeah. So hang on, I've got to ask. How would you deal with uh, Warwick? This is the you? thing. This, this, is, this <laughs> is what you're meant to I think. Mean, you he, would literally just have to hold it back. He does. Yeah. Yeah, but he knocks your hand away. It doesn't work like it does in cartoons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, do you know what I mean? What would you do? How can you? you can't, I mean, that, that, you're, you're supposed to empathise with Andy. So I think, what, what the hell is he supposed to do? Well, that's the thing. I mean, and then I, inevitably, and Andy kind of just does all he can. He kind of holds holds it back where he can. He looks around and says, "Can someone help me out here?" And no one yeah, does. Yeah, yeah. And then he kind of just has to defend himself from being punched or whatever. I agree with you though, Jack, that this is one episode where I do actually feel a bit sorry for Andy because he's 
in every situation he ends up looking really, really bad, and actually he hasn't really done anything that wrong. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. except for being his no. usual sort of miserable, slightly arrogant self. But you yeah. can do that with your friends, you know, without expecting. Mm. To yeah, but you can't yeah. do it in front of anyone. No. You can't do it anymore with that. But he's bought into that whole celebrity. Yeah, this is one. This is one uh, episode where every step of the way, yeah, Andy kind of doesn't really do anything. A total wrong. victim of he's, circumstance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's <laughs> done a very small thing wrong, which ended up getting blown up out of all proportion. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. is exactly the same. Yeah. Exactly and the same. Was Mistake. He didn't yeah. do it on purpose. It's not like he, you know, he knew the kid who had Down syndrome. He, he just, he, you know, it's he, a complete honest mistake. He was being a bit arrogant but in yeah, the restaurant. He was yeah. being a little bit arrogant, well, but he didn't. He didn't no, but I would, yeah, yeah, but I would say I wasn't even thinking when you said he did one small thing wrong. I wasn't even thinking about that. I thought the one small thing is kind of like saying to Maggie about yeah. how he, yeah, how he could have yeah, Warwick instead of Warwick. But, but, but then yeah, he was saying that with no expectation yeah, that it would never get repeated. Yeah, that's anyway. the thing. He was just saying it as a kind of like, yeah. like venting to his friend. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, poor old Andy. For uh, once. Poor old Andy, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and then he has to give up all his money. Well, this is the thing. And then the final scene of this episode is when he's back in the office with Darren Lamb, again with the papers. So yeah. they've got papers at the beginning, papers at the end. And what is the headline? Can anyone remember the headline? TV, TV, bully, TV bully kicks dwarf in face. <laughs> well, this is accurate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this is, the, and, and then as goes back to, I think it was you in the other episode, like last week's episode, was saying you thought that he would buy a nicer flat with his money that you got from a TV show. Yeah. He obviously hasn't been paid for the TV show yeah. yet because he's got to give away half of his TV show money yeah. for that. So he, he, has, he obviously hasn't been paid yet, and when he does, it's going to be half of what he was expecting however yeah. he's still by, by the end of the series he's still kind of getting a bit flash isn't he so I think the success of the show is probably so I great I guess he's been able to because they're selling all the tap merchandise yeah Doctor Who and the, ta- the, the, the success of the show is so great even they're giving away half his I mean the guy what's the guy the Mrs. Brown's boys guy da- uh, Brendan Carroll Brendan Carroll yeah he must be minted He's fucking it, yeah. Because that's a, and it's the same premise, isn't it? They, well, they've done know. like 15 series of that, and he writes and directs it. And, what, and Mrs. Brown's does? Yeah, they've been fucking loads of Have it. And then think about series? the films they've done, and think about the DVD sales. That's the, one of the kind of things, like Adele and Ed Sheeran are the only people that sell CDs. I bet Mrs. Brown's Boys is the only thing that still sells DVDs. DVDs. And maybe Every Christmas, I bet that still sells out. Yeah, no. It's uh, so I would argue that the the runaway success of the show, yeah, the, the the sort of the gluttony of the industry is such that even if he has to give away half of his money by the end, by with all the Ray dolls and stuff, that doesn't even matter anymore. So his credibility is going down, but his wallet, his his bank balance is going up. Yeah, but at this point they haven't they haven't done the Ray dolls and stuff yet. So I guess. But so. but he's probably thinking at this point I'm ruined. But yeah, he's yeah. not right in terms of credibility. He's ruined, but in terms of success, he's not in the slightest. Yeah, that's true. That's so true. the dilemma gets even wider well, as yeah. the series goes on. Yeah, that, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then he's going to have to, uh, well, he's going to have to try and claw some credibility back next week by going to theatre. <laughs> is that next week? No, I thought next week. Oh, is that? Oh, yes, no, it's so the next is the before we go to theatre. Okay, exactly. Right, yeah, yeah. So, so if we think about the themes that we've had so far, right? We've had obviously the Orlando Bloom one, which is kind of getting everything set up. Yeah. Then we've got the public perception of him. Yeah. The media perception of him, yeah. and now we've got the peer perception. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we're sort of going through all, all, all of these channels, and then obviously we've got the five and six, which are kind of a bit of a not quite in that same pattern, but these this is a little trilogy, I think, yeah. of, of episodes that come through. Perception, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's idea. Yeah, and it's nice, isn't it? Yeah, but they kind of 
like they've set up a show and it's like right now we kind of like deal with mm. all the kinds of yeah, perception. And now you've got the credible perception. You've got the, yeah. what is, oh. is it Richard Bryers and, and then the you've Stephen got Stephen Fry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Suddenly <laughs> he's in the world of credibility. So it's only in the next episode that you start seeing the Ray Dolls and stuff. But it's only in the next episode oh, yeah, that, yeah, you, yeah, that you true. see yeah, yeah. that when yeah. the whistle blows is actually nominated for a BAFTA. Yeah, and if, yeah. That best comedy performance, though, that is, that is, I mean, we'll get into this next week, but yeah, that, yeah. that is uh, realistic that he could have been nominated for that. Oh, yeah, because Mrs. Yeah. Brown's boy is Little Britain and stuff <laughs> like that. Yeah. Sucky shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that, that, little, little teaser for next episode. If it, if, 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 it's definitely the BAFTA one. I think so. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. 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 In that case, that's that's my. I think that's my favourite episode of, of extras. I love that episode. Mm, that's excellent. That's it really is good. The BAFTA's. It's the Chris Martin, but really, like I said, it's the BAFTA's all star kind of like yes. BAFTA special, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, his ex girlfriend, Danny, who I've no doubt you think is unrealistic. Well, we're going to be having another. Um, <laughs> we're having another um, edition of Insel Andy next week. Oh, for God's sake! Danny. I mean, I to, think... to, to discuss that in some detail. So hang on a minute. Are, are, Obviously, this this incel idea is fairly new. Are there yes. any other glaring examples from earlier on in the series that you? You'd well, I reckon, to, to be mention? honest, in fairness to Danny, I think you could probably find them. Yeah, series one. Yeah, you can still find them. Yeah, series, <laughs> yeah. series one. Basically, any mention of his past. <laughs> what are we going to call? Uh, and look, look at when he goes for the dinner as well with. Um, <laughs> With Dullard. Yeah, I mean, that's all set off. That, that, he's embarrassed seems, about being seen socialising. He's embarrassed just about... him and one other guy, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's embarrassed about being a single... Yeah, he seems very uncomfortable being a single 40-something man. I don't think that makes him an incel, though. No, it definitely doesn't. <laughs> what are going to call it? anything up to be an I guess now you'd call him an old cell. <laughs> oh, would you? <laughs> would you? <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, anyway, well... Wait, I, I, I can show you Reddit feeds. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be, anyway, we'll, 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 go, we'll, we'll go over, we'll have another look at Insel Andy next week. Oh, I'm looking forward to that, yeah. looking forward to that. Oh, don't ask me any more questions. Right, so, the part we've all been waiting for, it is the quiz. Oh, season two, episode number three. Now, it was quite a difficult episode to mine for questions, I'll be honest, <laughs> partly because I watched all of it, then realised I'd forgotten to write the quiz. So, um, yeah. No, I, I was when I was watching uh, it yesterday, and I was trying to think of what you'd ask for the quiz. It's not that um, kind of detailed in terms of like little kind of like yeah. yeah I, know, I, I, I bet I exactly. know exactly the kind of questions and, that are going to come out. And, and I warn you in advance that the questions may well be based on a relatively small number of scenes. So you know, <laughs> if that happens, you know that's not just because I desperately skip back through it. <laughs> you know. But um, anyway. Without so, further ado, hang on, hang let's on. have the um, buzzers. So hang on, who, who, how are we scoring so far in this season? Who's, Good who's, point. who's got the two, who's, who's winning? I think it's Jack, and he might have a clean sweep so far. Jack, no, I've heard Jack certainly won last week. Yeah, but, um, that's the first episode. I can't remember, it was like a year and a half. I'm sure I won one. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. No one's keeping score, so. You know. We'll keep, we'll oh, keep yeah. score from next week. Once I've had a chance to listen, re listen to episode one. Apparently not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one's keeping score. You're supposed to be keeping score. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter. Let's carry on. Uh, did we keep score last series? Yes, I won. You won every single time. Yeah, Let's just go with a separate quiz each time. Whoever wins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, let's hear your brothers. Seth. Some noise to that. James? Oh, midget. <laughs> Jack? Can I have my jolly back? <laughs> and Jack have his jolly back. Good quotes in this episode. Yes. There's quite a few good moments. Like there is. There yeah, is. Good moments. Hard to mine for um, questions, but not hard to mine for buzzers. Right, okay, so question number one. This is a very easy one, so fingers on buzzers. In what year was Andy Millman born? Oh, midget. It's worth just hearing the whole of 1961. Correct. Yes. So, 
How tall is Andy Millman? Got mad, got mad. The man keeps driving. Five foot seven. Whoa. What? Five foot eight. Five foot eight. Average, yes. average, average, average height. Average height. Yes. Average height. Yeah. <laughs> average height so, yeah. Okay. How much? Question number three. How much did Darren Lamb pay for his TV? Three and a half thousand. Correct. Fucking hell, James is storming it. Yeah, storming it. Question number four. How much did Andy pay for his meal according to the second paper? I heard. I tried to do it. Jack, I heard. I did. I did hear you buzzing first, Jack. So what was it? Are you going to allow me to have that? Yeah. Two hundred thirty quid. Two hundred thirty quid. Correct. Yes. Sorry, Dave. Let's doing that in a chippy. Gypsies are eating our pets according to which newspaper? <laughs> I, I think I just heard you a tiny name a second sooner, James. Uh, so, no, Seth. Was it the uh, the, uh, oh, the the? Have a guess. No, News of the world. No. Daily Mail, I guess. Daily Mail. Yeah. Yes. Oh, well, I was <laughs> say Daily Mail. Oh, no, this has gone really quiet now. But you didn't. <laughs> it's going to be the Express. Yeah. So, question number six. How big was Darren's regretted TV? James. 52 inches. Correct. <laughs> Question number seven. Um, what does Andy Millman offer Darren for his TV? Got mad, got mad, the man keeps driving mad. Yeah. <laughs> 1,500? 1,500 pounds, yeah. He's I think that's my favourite buzzer. <laughs> 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 you'd rather smash it up. You'd rather smash it up than spend him in that for that. Okay. Um, <laughs> How much do you think it was worth? <laughs> Two and a half? Three, maybe? What, second hand? Yeah, second hand. It's been <laughs> TVs were worth a lot then. Okay, and that is... Isn't that a thing from the, yeah, from yeah, the yeah, podcast, yeah. Yeah. from the XFM shows as well, yeah. yeah. That, that is the last question about Darren's TV that's been three of them. So yeah, that's it. So I definitely didn't overmind that scene. Uh, question number eight. Um, who has small man syndrome, according to Maggie? Noel Edmonds. Correct. <laughs> What's the scores, Danny? How are we doing? Um, it's two to Seth. Two to Jack and it's four to you. Two? Oh, yeah, yeah, I kind of got two. I got two. Yeah, you yeah. got two. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, but it's everything feels to play for. Well, how, many, question... how many questions are there? There's only two more questions left. So, so it could be a tie at best. Yeah. So, but but question nine is a two pointer. Oh, okay. So what station and frequency is Nick Ferrari broadcasting? Oh, LBC. Correct. Ninety-seven point two. No, the last one. I don't know the LBC frequency. Ninety-seven point eight. 97.3. Oh, I was going to so there we go. I don't know how James tunes his radio. He must have dad now. <laughs> I know you're Mr. LBC. <laughs> yeah. Right, question number 10. I think everyone's going to get this. It was meant to be obscure, but we all, laughed. We all watched through and laughed. So, who hosts the Rwandan genocide feature? <laughs> Uh, Big Brother 2 winner Brian Dowling. <laughs> Correct. That, that buzzer is so cutting. Like, it, it comes to everything. Like, it drowns everything oh, else out. So, oh, yeah, final score is James 5, Jack 2, and Seth 3. Yeah. And so, 3 winner James Emblow. <laughs> <laughs>
and it's good night from me. <laughs>